Welcome to The Right Way. I am your host, Natalie Wright, and I'm very excited today to be joined by Sean Brown. Sean is a sales manager in the industry, and you've been mostly in the insurance and mutual space, or have you been in other spaces as well? Uh, a little a little of the PNC as well. Okay. So. so you're very familiar then with the hierarchies and the structures. It seems like in the mutual space and in the insurance space, they're definitely a different animal in a lot yes. of ways than your typical independent firm or your, you know, smaller regional type firm. They always have more structure. Yes. Okay. So you've been doing this a long time. Yes. So tell me this. Now, this is my biggest issue, I guess, if I would say I had an issue. But when you're recruiting someone, you've got their expectations, mm -hmm. you've got your expectations, and you have, in your case, a leader's expectations. Yes. So how do you navigate the world of, hey, I've got a quota, I've got to bring people in here, Yes. Um, but you also want to do it the right way, and sometimes I mean, there's just pressure coming from every direction. So for you, how do you navigate giving your leadership team what they need while still sticking to your own goals and initiatives? You know, I think it starts off by interviewing and sitting down with the right person. Right. They they really have to understand the perspective of exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Right. The honeymoon will come to an end yep. from the hiring and the pressures will come from us just having to meet our quota, but also needing to teach them the new culture mm -hmm. of the organization. Yeah. Teach them the ins and outs of how we want things done, but also meeting their numbers yeah. starting off right away. And so it's just very important to sit down and make sure they have a true why, right? This is something that they live and would love to do. So I spoke a little bit about this yesterday in training. There's two types of people. There's the people that I got two people mm -hmm. and I get two people, mm -hmm. right? And I look for the type of person who gets to join my team. I want that, I get to. I want that person that says, I get to come in and talk with people and help change their lives. Mm -hmm. I get to come in and work for a great organization. Yeah. I get to do it versus I got to do it, mm -hmm. right? And so once I get those types of people in here, we sit down and we set the expectations from day one. Yeah. And I've always learned if you're ahead of the game, then you don't feel those pressures as much as someone who sure. starts off behind. So it's that activity management. Absolutely. And that's something I preach a ton about is you can have the best candidate in the world, but if you have one, there's a million things that can go wrong. Yes. And you got to have somebody else there who's equally as awesome yes. next in line to take their spot. Absolutely. Um, something that I heard once at a conference, and I may have shared this with you before, but I laugh about it all the time. Okay. So I had this branch manager say, you know what? I'm a really good leader. And he's like being coached in this whole big group of people. And he's like, I'm a really good leader. People just don't follow me. And everyone laughed at that, yeah. but I will say, I mean, it is difficult to build followers. And as a sales manager, that's yes. probably your primary job. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about beginning that relationship and starting that rapport. Like, how do you get to people yes. to make them want to get with you? You yes. know what I mean? Yes, yes, absolutely. I think it's, uh, I think the most important thing is to just be yourself, mm -hmm. right? I don't feel like I'm necessarily 
their sales manager or they're working for me or the firm, we're really working together as a team. Mm -hmm. And when we sit down and we truly get an opportunity to know each other, I just don't want to know what their abilities are within this business. I want to know their family. I want to know their upbringing. I want to know uh, what are some goals and, and some things that they are chasing to be the best that they can be. Mm -hmm. And once I get an understanding of what those are and make sure that they align with what we are trying to build here within our group, then we start taking the next possible steps, right, to make mm -hmm. them part of the team. But within those conversations, right, I want them to know that I am here to not only support them, to help develop them, but I'm going to show them things that are proven, predictable, and transferable. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is proven that I've done it. So yeah. I'm not going to have them do some things that I never wanted to do and, and like cold calling and doing some other things. I believe there are other avenues around yeah. doing those. Also, that are predictable, right? We talked about time management. It's very important to make sure that they hit certain numbers per week. But by doing that and doing it the proper way, we know what their income can be for that year. Yeah. And also transferable, meaning that I'm going to teach them everything that I know. So mm -hmm. it can be sustainable so they don't have to relive year one every January. Yeah. And it seems like something, and you were kind of alluding to it there, where you're asking about their family and you're asking about their life. You do, just from the outside looking in, a better job than most at kind of going deep quick. Like you really get in there and you want to, yes. and we've had conversations where you're talking to advisors and you're saying, I want to understand the motivation. Like, what are you overcoming? What are you, you know, doing from this perspective? And how do you use that to motivate them? Well, really through my personal experiences, I've had some success years yeah. ago with owning a number of companies here in the Kansas City area. And 2008 really wiped all that away everybody from in the me. butt <laughs> it, did. it really wiped all that away from me and what I look for now is that I knew I would have the opportunity to be able to overcome that so as I'm sitting down talking to a new prospect or a new recruit I want to see what they have gone through in their life what's knocked them down mm -hmm. and have they been able to overcome that or did they just leave and run and just totally do something else. And so I look for those things because when you get knocked down, right, one of my best motivational speakers say, Eric Thomas, he says, when you fall, fall on your back. So we, so as you look up, you know you can get up. And mm -hmm. so I look for people that have possibly gone through things. That's the reason I go deep so early. But I also want them to feel comfortable enough knowing my story that I had everything that man would love mm -hmm. and I lost it all all the way to bankruptcy, things that would be embarrassing to people. Yeah. But it's part of who I am, and it's oh, yeah. part of my story. And I don't mind sharing that with people mm -hmm. to show them that as long as you don't give up, anything is possible. So I hope to open up uh, them more to be able to share those stories with me so we can move forward and become a great match for each other. Well, and I think that's great because I don't know many people that haven't kind of been kicked in the teeth by Absolutely. life. Um, to one extent or the other, I use, you know, a jaded perspective would say sometimes when we have younger people come in, you know, I'm like, oh, they don't understand yes. life. Yes. They've never been disappointed. And that's not always true. So that's, that's my really. own kind of head trash that gets in the way. 
Um, so some other things that I've noticed that you do particularly well, and I haven't known you all that long, but you've mm-hmm. ever. Everybody loves Sean. Let's put it that way. That's good. <laughs> um, everybody loves Sean. And it's really because of the way that you lean in and the yeah. way that you connect with people. But also, talk a little bit about how you're engaging your entire unit as a team. Like some of the things you guys are doing together and how you're sort of creating a collaborative environment and what can be a very individual sport. Absolutely. This this is really a lonely business yep. in there. And I've known that from some of the organizations I've worked for in the past. But... From day one, I speak about us being like SEAL Team 6. Like, <laughs> yep, yep. I always talk about SEAL Team 6. Uh, I base everything around that. And what I mean by that is that no one's going to be left behind. Mm-hmm. If you make the commitment to, to trust me, to trust the organization, I'm going to make that full commitment back to you yeah. to make sure that if you do the things that are expected of you, you will reach your numbers. You will become successful. You will be able to change lives. But as a group, we are always going to assist each other. And within that group, we have to have the parameters to understand that accountability is one of the key yep. things in there. It's one of the best things you can give another person. It is. Yeah. It really is. And if there's going to be criticism, then let's just make it constructive. But let's make it open, right? Mm-hmm. If there's a debate, if something is going on, let's do that in a live uh uh, conversation mm-hmm. to when we come up to that final decision, it's done as a team and we can move on. Yeah. And so just building that camaraderie and we really will switch from team to family because that's really what we will become, mm-hmm. right? Just enjoying each other on the weekends, getting to know each other's spouses and everything. And as we continue to grow and you know, as well as I do in this industry, right? Success, activity, right? in business cures all. Oh Yeah. I mean, and that's what I tell anytime, you know, a new advisor, somebody I brought in is, you know, struggling, which they're going to do throughout their entire career at some point or another, and they're going to have amazing days. And then they're going to have days where like, I think I need to get into another business. And what I always say is if somebody's riding your butt, if somebody's telling you what to do, somebody's making you do X, your manager's coming down on you, then the cure to that is just to work your butt off. Yes get the clients in, submit the business, because if you're submitting the business, nobody's asking about it. Yes. And that's just what it comes down to at the end of the day. If you want to be a lone wolf, that's the way to go. Absolutely. Um, I totally agree with that. Um, Something that, you know, I would love to know from you because you've done this a while and you and I probably have a little bit of a similar perspective this way. You know, I was in recruiting for a long time and I worked with branch managers all over the country. So I would see them come. I would see them go. Yes. I would see some knock it out of the park and stay. I would see them transcend into new roles or stay in that role. But when you look at the pitfalls of people who come into, I'm going to be a sales manager. Yes. If you could give just a little advice to those people on what it's really about, what would you say? I would say the true part of being a sales manager is being more of a transformational leader, right? You have to lead by example. So often we come into this industry and we make all these promises. We're going to do joint work. We're yeah. going to do this. We're going to do that. Till an agent calls you and they have a meeting on Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. Or they call you Saturday. Mm-hmm. Right? And then as we've made all these promises to them, we don't follow up on our word, which also plants a seed into them that really you don't have my back. You actually sold me on coming here. Yeah. Right? And I think the flip side of that needs to be we truly need to be people of our word. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, they need our assistance. Yeah. And I let them know that they can reach me anytime, day or night. And if we have to make the sacrifices 
to teach them the industry on Saturday and Sunday. I am willing to make those sacrifices now, knowing that it's not something we're going to have to do forever. Yeah. Right? Everything is just going to be temporary. investment Absolutely. time. Yeah. Absolutely in there. But also a step further. So often as we are getting the pressures from up top, we can't just go to them and say, what are your numbers? Did mm-hmm. you make these calls? Did you do these dials? What did we do as a sales manager to help them understand who their target markets are? Are we actually going out with them? Are we opening up markets for our team to really see what the possibilities are? Am I just walking out, walking into a location, showing them how it's done, right? Mm -hmm. And those are things that I believe that separates uh, good sales managers or the traditional sales managers from great sales managers. And I want to be in that category of being great, which means I'm going to keep my word and I'm also going to be out there opening up markets to help my team and show them the way it's done and teach them, like I said earlier, so they can go out and duplicate some of the same things that I'm doing. Yeah. In in return, we'll continue to grow. And I find a lot of like newer leaders, right? So maybe, you know, I guess I've seen a lot of people who produced for three or four years. And then they're like, all right, I'm going to be a a district manager, a sales manager. And they feel like sometimes in coaching these people, like maybe they're amazing at what they do, but it's like, wow, I haven't ever produced on that level. I haven't done that before. And it's a lot of those self-limiting beliefs that I feel like kind of kill the deal for them early on. Absolutely. And I just feel like you have to embrace each member of your team, whether they have been in the industry two months, six months, six years, and just kind of. I, I don't know how you strike the balance, but apparently you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, with that, the time doesn't matter. You mm-hmm. know, I believe I can take anyone that has the passion and a story and a true why they're doing this business and really make them successful. But also that word successful is different for each person. Yes. Right? For mm-hmm. one, for some people, it's really about uh, treating people right, doing what is right, and then the money's going to follow. Yeah. For others, it's that exact same thing, but allows them more time with their family and their mm-hmm. children, right? And yeah. so it's very delicate to know as a sales manager or as their leader to know what each person wants because you can't go in just assuming everyone wants the exact same thing. I know, so yeah. So it's important to make sure what each one wants and then you want to work together to make sure that you provide them that opportunity. Yeah, you can't, I mean, it's the old adage, but you just can't assume anything about someone's Absolutely. motivations or needs because you're, right. almost anytime you go out on that limb, I feel like I'm wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I, I was having a discussion yesterday with someone and he was like, tell them about the technology, tell them about the technology. And I'm like, that's great, yes. but he is happy with really bad technology that he has now. <laughs> So that's probably not a motivator for him. Absolutely. Well, so final thoughts. So just kind of a couple things, you know, just if you'll indulge me this. So when you're interviewing and across the spectrum, people that are new to the business, people that are not new to the business, what are some techniques that kind of transcend that you will typically use to approach people? Uh, Like I've heard you talk about money versus impact. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's, That's really one of the most important things. There's a, there's a time within the uh, interview, I do just ask them, on a scale of one to 10, uh, where does money really fall? Sure. And what I'm looking for is someone who understands that we are in the financial services industry, we are a commission business, and you do need that in order to support your family and your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I would like to see maybe a seven to a 10. A 10 is okay, Mm -hmm. but then I'll sit back and ask them, let's replace that number, or let's replace that word with impact. And 
to me, this is where the deciding factor really comes in the interview. Yeah. Because the impact needs to be equal seven to 10. If the impact is one, <laughs> which means they want all the money in the world and they could care less about impacting lives, that's not a person that I want on my team. Yeah. Because we're just a compliance issue away of having some serious yep. problems. But on the, on the opposite side, if money is a one and their impact is a 10, also this business is not for them. No. Maybe they need to go work for a charitable organization or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing I really always talk about to all of my agents from day one, I say, listen, you have to understand, the more you give, the more you receive. Mm-hmm. And I mean that because it's our job to sit here and help these families prepare for things seen and unseen. Yep. And as long as we continue to do right by them and do our job and put them first, mm-hmm. the money will always come. And to me, it's just like icing on the cake. Sure. Right? And as long as we do that, we can grow not only a practice, but it will be a sustainable practice. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for taking time to kind of chat with me on your thoughts on recruiting and and new folks, and, and I just generally appreciate it. Thank you so much. If you like what you heard on today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and like. Thanks so much.